Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Welcome in. Warriors weekly special NBA Finals edition following game one of the NBA Finals. John Dickinson, Bonte Hill, both in Toronto, Scotiabank Arena, and it was the Pascal Siakam show tonight, Bonte. The Raptors win it 118-109. to uh, a lot of storylines to get to because we spent so much time breaking down this series. Uh, a lot of storylines to get to, uh, but it was the Siakam show, and I do think initially, were the Warriors rusty? Were they rested? I think they were rested, but they were also rusty. So we'll just kind of jump off with, with those two points and then kind of get into everything else. Yeah, obviously having a nine-day layoff is tough, J.D. Um, we've seen this before with this team when they played the Cavaliers, but they adjusted well to that. I remember way back when when the Lakers went 15, 16-1 and one in the playoffs. Remember they had that bit long layoff, and they played the Sixers, and they lose game one in the Iverson game. Yeah. That killed them. I think if they didn't have that layoff, they basically go 4-4-4-4, four, 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 uh, pull the Moses Malone, 4-4-4-4. Fo, 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 fo. But uh, I don't think Russ was an issue. I just think they haven't seen this team in Toronto, and they forgot. I'm not, not going to say forgot. But I don't think they realize how long and athletic this team is. And that's why we were talking during the game and even before the game, even on the afternoon of the light today, J.D., that this is – they remind me so much of the 2016 Oklahoma City, not because they're explosive. Obviously, that team was a lot more explosive uh, with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. But this team, with their length and athleticism, that's what they remind me. And you still got Ibaka on this team. He was on that team in OKC. And so I think the Warriors looked at how long they were and were like, wow. And then you see the way Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were running off the screens. Toronto trapped them all day long. So I don't know if you can blame Russ on this. I know the Warriors talked about, hey, we didn't, we weren't familiar with the Raptors. We haven't seen this team before. Now we have tape on how to play them. But, I mean, Toronto's not going to get shorter. Like, <laughs> Siakam's not going to shrink. You know, Gasol's not going to get smaller. Kawhi's going to be Kawhi. So the adjustments to game from game one and game two is going to be fascinating, J.D., but, you know, everybody wants to talk about Russ. I don't think Russ had anything to do with it. It came out, they were going blow for blow with Toronto. It's just Toronto finished every quarter with the bang. They basically controlled this game, so we'll see how the Warriors uh, respond to this to this game to where they really didn't have any control. No, they didn't, and I think you, know, you look at a game where, Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry don't shoot the basketball well overall, although Curry did wind up 4 for 9 from 3. Curry wound up 14 for 14 at the free throw line. How about the Warriors? I mean, that's another thing. The Warriors end up with 31 free throw attempts tonight. The Raptors, 32. So I know there was some complaining during the game if you scroll through Twitter about this call, that call. I thought it was actually a pretty evenly officiated game uh, overall. Uh, but, look, the Warriors, you know, got... Uh, it's hard for them to find a third score tonight. You know, you had Curry do his thing. You had Thompson, uh, 21 on 8 of 17. And the length is a part of it. And the bench played well. But this was the prototypical game where you miss Kevin Durant. You miss Kevin Durant. Because 
you need somebody that was going to pour in, let's say, 15, 20, and Durant might get you 27 or 28, but, I mean, this is the, the prototypical Miss Kevin Durant game. Oh, absolutely. We both thought that right away, like, man. That could be Kevin Durant at some point. Uh, I'm almost thinking you need to go to Wakanda and like the Black Panther movie and get some of that stuff that heals you. Uh, maybe you get that for Kevin Durant's right calf because we're going to need him at some point to outlast this Raptors team. Uh, Iguodala, I don't think JD has hit a three since the Houston series. Where we hit the five threes in Game Six. I'm not sure he hit a three in that Portland series. He only played in three games, missed Game Four, obviously, but. I, his three-point percentage has gone down since that Houston game six, so you're not getting the threes from him. He looked bad shooting. He only shot, what did he shoot? How many threes? He, 0 for 4 tonight. Looked bad in those. Uh, he took them, but he, he didn't make them. He didn't make them at all. And then Draymond Green, he was shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers, which tells you about Toronto's half-court half court defense. They were snuffing out Steph Curry. They were snuffing out Klay Thompson. I thought they beat him up a little bit running off those screens. They made sure. That's the thing about this Toronto defense, this Toronto team. They're so disciplined, J.D. They don't blow many assignments. So they're not going to let the Splash Brothers really go crazy on them. And look, I know Steph Curry ended up with 34. Klay Thompson ended up with 21. But it wasn't the loud 21. It wasn't the loud 34 that really crushes teams. So, Draymond Green, 2 for 9 from the floor. Missed a lot of shots there. Over 2 from the 3-point line. So, as you say, J.D., that third score, I don't know where you're going to find that from. Well, I don't know where you're going to get it from in this series. It wasn't there, and then you look at the Raptors, and one of the question marks for me coming into this series from the Raptors' point of view, and I thought it, it was a path to the Warriors winning this series, was the fact that I wasn't sure the Raptors overall could score enough to win this series. And, you know, look, I didn't think the Warriors were going to blitz Leonard as much as they did. They wanted to blitz him a lot early in the game, and but the defensive rotations were not sharp early in the game, and the Warriors gave Pascal Siakam a couple of open looks early. They gave Marcus Gasol. I mean, Jordan Bell just gave Marcus Gasol two wide-open threes that, that he knocked down early, allowed himself to get into a rhythm, and you look at the Raptors, they wind up with three guys go for 20, and one of them goes for 32 in Siakam, but it was a, a night where Kawhi Leonard was held to 5 of 14. They forced him to, you know, Make plays, take the ball out of his hands. Other guys beat us. That's what the Warriors are saying. We're going to dare other guys to beat us. Well, tonight, other guys beat them uh, offensively. So it wasn't, not only the Warriors didn't have a third guy, but the Raptors wound up having a third guy, a first guy, second guy, third guy, and even a fourth guy if you look at Fred Van Vliet. Another question mark in this series is Fred Van Vliet going to knock down shots for me? Well, you look at all of those question mark boxes on the Raptors side and they checked him as being able to get it done in game one, and, and they wind up getting the victory. Uh, you're, you're spot on. And, look, Van Vliet gets your 15, J.D., and I thought Kyle Lowry. You look at the box score, seven points, nine assists, six rebounds, two for nine from the floor, but I thought Kyle Lowry played a really good game tonight. Defensively, he was in the right spots. He drew a big charge on Draymond Green, uh, had a big block there. He was active tonight. He made all the right basketball plays. So you, if you're Toronto, you're thinking, hey, we only got you know, 23 from Kawhi Leonard. He wasn't super efficient. He struggled at times with the trapping that the Warriors did, which we kind of anticipated because the Warriors did it against James Harden and Damian Lillard once Kevin Durant went out. But you get a game like that from Kawhi Leonard, a game like that from Kyle Lowry, you've got to be feeling good if you're Nick Nurse and the Raptors staff saying, 
okay, now we could get more for Serge Ibaka, who wasn't as effective. Now we could get more from Lowry. Norman Powell gave us two points. Okay, whatever. He may give you a, a couple more buckets there. And I thought they just, again, I was just so amazed with their half-court defense. They got back in transition. Even Fred Van Vliet. I did not realize how good he was defensively. He made life a little difficult for Steph Curry with his physicality. They played him, man. They played him straight up. Uh, this Raptors team, you got to be feeling good going into game two. Now, I know the Warriors will adjust, and they're the champs, but the Raptors, man, they really impressed me. And I think people need to start taking this team seriously. Yeah, it was a lot of Kyle Lowry, and it was a lot of Van Vliet with you know going up against Curry. Uh, and then it was a lot of Kawhi Leonard just kind of all over the place, which I think the, you know, the Raptors like to – to unleash him in, in that uh, kind of a manner. So it's John Dickinson, Bonte Hill here, our Warriors Weekly Podcast, NBA Finals Edition. Post-game one, are we calling it an emergency pod? Is it an emergency pod when you lose? When the Warriors go down in a series for, what, the first time first time in the finals yeah. since they lost the finals? Yeah. Going back to 2016, they didn't trail in 17. Obviously, they were up 3-0. And then last year, they were... Up 3-0, because they swept. <laughs> so they didn't trail in that series. Don't it feel like, again, like the two game ones they've lost was against this team tonight and against Oklahoma City. Serge Ibaka is the X Factor. Yeah, yeah, right. Serge He's the Ibaka. link. He's the link there, folks. He is the link. No, I, I, I think this home court advantage, man, they were rocking tonight. Like, you hear the rendition of O Canada? It was, a, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal, and it lit the place up. I mean, people were singing. People were energized. The, I mean, they, it was it was it was fantastic. It was it was just it was incredibly cool. And then you got the Let's Go Raptor chance right before tip off. I got chills, JD. This is what finals basketball is about. And you know, a lot of people were making this great point about this finals. It's like you know, we get we get the World Series right, and usually without interleague play, you got the NL who didn't know the AL, the AL who didn't know the NL, and you got great. Matchups, just like the Super Bowl. Teams don't really play. The AFC may not play that NFC team. Once every four years, maybe, but it's got to be the right year. Got to be the right year. The Warriors or Raptors really don't know each other. And the Raptors, I think, when you look at their journey to this point, playing a physical Philadelphia team, playing a physical Milwaukee team, and you look at the way they won those series, game four, they're down 2-1. They're in Philadelphia. Somehow, some way, they come out of there with a victory. Kawhi Leonard scores 31. They could go down 3-1 season over. They're not, they're not winning three straight against that Philadelphia 76ers team. You look at Milwaukee. Uh, they were so close to going down 0-3 in that series. Had to go to double overtime yeah. to win game. It might have been over. Like, like right over. then. Right We'd there. be in Milwaukee. Done. Done. So, now they got this advantage here to where they could protect home court advantage. And now you got to think, with the uncertainty with Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins only playing about eight minutes of some change tonight. Can the Warriors, if they lose Sunday, if they lose Sunday, can they win four out of five against this team? Yes. Yeah, they can. They absolutely can. What if Kevin Durant doesn't come back? They can. I still think they can. I, I, I really do. I think you, you go home. I don't Look, I said it, and I know, you know my predictions aren't looking great because I love the Warriors tonight. I really did. I, I love the Warriors in this game tonight. But the Raptors, to their credit, they they proved that they belonged. And look, the Warriors have been so great the last few years. That that's pretty much my stance on on every opponent. It's you have to prove to me that you're game. You have to prove to me that you're not. Even in the fourth quarter, you know the the, the Raptors for the most part controlled the game. I wouldn't say they dominated it, but they controlled it. But you look up in the fourth quarter, it's a three point game. It's a three point game, and the Warriors have a shot, and. 
at that point, it, you're thinking, well, maybe they do steal it. And you know what? If, if, if the Warriors had come back and stolen this game in the final five, six minutes, the series is probably over. Now, it doesn't mean it's a sweep or anything like that, but at that point, if the Warriors had stolen this game tonight, there's no chance that the Raptors actually win this series. Like, they could have effectively ended the series. Not you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's not not that it not that the, not that the Raptors wouldn't have won a game or it right. might have even gone six still. But they, they don't tonight. they don't win this series if they lose tonight. Right. The way that the game had played out up until like the eight minute mark right. of the game or up until the start of the fourth quarter uh, in the game. So, uh, but the Raptors proved it tonight. They proved that their game. They're in this thing. Uh, they've guaranteed themselves another home game uh, beyond. Sunday night, and unless they sweep the Warriors, which I don't think you know anybody, you know they'll, they'll gladly take they would gladly take that scenario. But yeah, nobody's betting on that, so we're probably going to wind up back here a week from Monday uh, for what would be a Game Five uh, at some point. So adjustments. Let's get into adjustments. I think Demarcus Cousins showed that you can start him on Sunday night. I think you know we talked about it today a couple of different points. The only thing I thought Cousins was guaranteed was the start of the second quarter. That was the only thing he was guaranteed tonight. And that turned out to be true. And did he play well enough to earn minutes at the start of the fourth quarter? He did. He played well enough to earn those minutes. He didn't play as well in the fourth quarter as he did in the second quarter. But I think you almost want to have him go up against Gasol at the start of the game. So if Cousins has played eight minutes, maybe you're going to play him a couple of four-minute stretches at the beginning of the game against Marcus Gasol. And, you know, although, again, if Gasol's going to stand out there in the three-point line, Cousins is going to have to get out on him. You know what, J.D.? And I'm thinking, look, DeMarcus Cousins was not happy about being pulled from the game in the fourth quarter. He felt like he could give him a little bit more. So if that's the case, by that method, right, you give him three to four minutes at the start of the game, you give him three to four minutes at the start of the second quarter. You give him three to four minutes at the start of the third, and you do that for the fourth quarter. I think that's the way to play it, to have another score there, a threat, and another passer because DeMarcus Cousins did make some plays tonight. Had a great pass to Jarebko in the corner, made a nice pass to Quinn Cook, even though he missed a three, which I thought was a big miss three there in the fourth quarter. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think if you could get 16 minutes out of him, we talked about it. What is he going to play, 14 to 18 minutes? We thought 18 minutes was a cap, right? So if you get him 15, to 16 minutes I'm cool with that and I was a little shocked that they did go to Jordan Bell to start the game uh the rotations were awful there in that first quarter where Toronto bombed like 13 threes how many of them were wide open Danny Green wide open threes you can't leave Danny Green open they let Marcus Gasol basically take practice shots those are practice three-pointers for Marcus Gasol nobody even ran out at him so I was a little surprised they didn't go with Bogut to start tonight and Bogut didn't play a second he didn't play a second and you think about Bogut in a physical series like this, J.D., his screen setting on offense. I mean, he could free up the Splash Brothers. I'm with you. You know, get some, get some screen setting here because they're going to have a tough time in this series uh, without the proper screens and with the physicality, physicality that the Raptors present, J.D., they're going to have a tough time really getting open looks in the half court. They're going to have to get great looks in, the, in transition. But how can you get out and run in transition when the Raptors are taking their time on offense and getting basically any shot that they want? I'm going to put you on the spot. Who starts at center on Sunday night? I'm going Andrew Bogut. Okay. That's, that's who I thought was going to start tonight. I, I'm with you. I thought Bogut was going to start tonight, or Cousins. I thought it was going to be one of those two. And it wound up being it wound up being Jordan Bell, which which did surprise me. I actually thought Jordan Bell was going to wind up 
kind of being the odd man out. Right. And look, Steve Kerr, he'll give you an opportunity to fail. He will give you an opportunity to fail before he'll pull you. And uh, Jordan Bell just it didn't look it didn't look right. Jordan Bell didn't look right out there going up against Gasol. He earned maybe an opportunity to play more, but I I just – he's got to be more conscientious getting out on – I thought it was a little lazy, frankly. Just, you know – What about Toronto, J.D., getting back or beating the Warriors in a fast break here? Siakam got behind the defense multiple times. They just were asleep out there, and just even at the rim, they're just – you can't get any layups. They alter shots. They make you shoot over the top. I thought Toronto getting out and running and getting Siakam out there, now all of a sudden he's feeling good. Now all of a sudden Fred Van Vliet is feeling good. All of a sudden all these Gasol was feeling good because he knocked down a couple. He was terrific tonight. And, I, I again, I thought they could take him off the court. But, again, you start going through the individual matchups, and it's, you know, Gasol won the center matchup tonight. Siakam... Put it on Draymond Green. I mean, that's the elephant in the room or the rat on the table. Siakam put it on Draymond Green tonight. How often do you ever see a guy put it on Draymond Green? I mean, he went at him, and it was smart. Because right at the start of the third quarter, they knew, the Raptors, that is, knew that Draymond Green had three fouls, J.D. So they said, you know what? We know he's a hub of this offense. He pushes the tempo. He's their quarterback on defense. Let's go right at him and try to get that fourth foul. And Draymond Green, being conscious of that, really couldn't be as aggressive as he wanted to be, and Siakam just said, you know what, I'm going to go to the rack on you, and he even pulled up from the mid-range on him, one-on-one, yeah. went through the legs and said, I'm going to cook you, come have some of this sauce, and I was impressed, I haven't seen Draymond Green look that helpless on defense, ever, ever, I mean, Siakam really took it to him, and they attacked Draymond Green knowing that he had three fouls, and that's what we talked about before the game, foul trouble. Foul trouble to me was a big X factor, and late in that second quarter, the Warriors let those fouls pile up. Jermon Green gets his third. Looney gets his third. Clay Thompson picks up two in the first quarter, which looked – no, excuse me. He had one early in the game against Kawhi. Then he had that second one where he goes for a pump fake against Norman Powell. Can't pick those fouls up. Messes up the rotations. So they're going to have to button it up. They're going to have to tighten up Sunday against this Raptors team, which I don't think, I don't think they're going to let down here. They got 118 here, and they missed some wide-open shots. No, they did. So the Warriors are going to have to find more offense. They are going to have to turn the basketball over less. And thirdly, they're going to have to figure out a way to get back on defense and, and, and not allow Siakam uh, to, to run wild. And Draymond took it on himself. He put the onus on, you know, he said, look, I let him get in a rhythm. That can't happen. And, you know, we'll see how Draymond bounces back from it. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating matchup in a series now that is full of fascinating matchups top to bottom. The last thing for you here to just throw around, urgency to get Kevin Durant back on the floor. Is Kevin Durant feeling a sense of urgency to get back on the floor himself? Look, the Warriors aren't going to play him if he's, if he's not healthy. But if you're Kevin Durant, do you go in and demand to demand a look on Sunday, or if you lose Sunday, do you demand that you get out there on, on Wednesday in Game 3? Do, I mean, is there pressure to the Warriors to say, yo, KD, we need you? I mean, how, how do you see that kind of playing out? I'd, I'd be There's almost no chance he's playing Sunday. I mean, he was all but ruled out earlier today. Yeah, I mean, whenever he gets back on the practice floor and practices with the team, and not just shooting around, and calves to me, JD, calf strains are kind of like hamstrings. They're tricky. So, also, 
that calf obviously was torn. It was obviously torn. It was a grade two, and it was a lot worse than what people made it out to be. Maybe it is attached to the Achilles. I have no idea. The Warriors have been very vague here, and they've been trying to buy time with Kevin Durant. And they haven't let – nobody's seen Durant. Nobody. Like, nobody's even seen him on the court. Nobody's seen him shooting. He's, he's been doing light court work, I guess, for two days now. But nobody's allowed to watch him or look at him, or, or they, they keep him out where you can't even watch him walk in and out of the building. You know, I won't name names, but I know just for being around this league now, you know, you've been covering this league a long time. I've been covering this league now for about five to six years. Being in locker rooms is just talking to people. There's certain players who get injured, and there will be representatives who basically say, I don't care what situation we're in, whether it's the second round, the finals, the first round, I've got to think about my client's future here. So what are Kevin Durant's representatives saying? Are they saying, hey, Kev, you know, you got a chance to really rip this thing up. You know, you're going into free agency here. Now, there's a championship on the line. And I've heard some people say Kevin Durant's just shut it down here. No, there's a championship. You may not ever get to this point ever again. That's why DeMarcus Cousins is out here. Even if you win. Even if you win this year, you might not do it again. You never do it. That's why DeMarcus Cousins, I don't blame him for wanting to get back out here. He's saying, I've never been to the postseason in my life. I may never even sniff the finals here. So, Kevin Durant, will he push it? I think he wants to play. He's a hooper. He's a gym rat. I think he wants to be back. And I think the Warriors will look at that calf and say, all right, if it's 70%, 80%, is that good enough to go? Remember in 2016? And with a calf, it probably isn't. It's probably not. Kept Steph Curry played with that knee in 2016 that was obviously banged up. He said, you know what? Screw it. i got to help this team try to win a championship. So I do think, I'm guessing we see Kevin Durant at some point in the series. Well, yeah, because the Raptors just won. So we they figure it's going to go longer. Five, this series six, is going six, probably. Eight. Five, at least five now, right? And again, how would that mess up the flow? How would that alter things? I have no idea here, but look, this series has got a lot more fascinating. Game two is going to be dynamic. I think of the Bulls when they played the Suns or when they played Utah, lost game one against Utah in Salt Lake City. How was Jordan and company going to respond? Well, they responded, and they won that series in six games. Let's see how the defending champs, the, champ, the, the team that's won three and four, respond to game one in a game where they had no control, J.D. Fascinating aspect of game two, uh, and, and we'll be talking about it after that ball game uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, good good chat here following game one. Raptors get the win, one eighteen to one oh nine. Keep it locked and ninety five seven the game on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and ninety five seven the game uh, at radio dot com as well. Uh, we we've got you covered here throughout the course of uh, the NBA Finals. All right, that's going to do it. Our Warriors Weekly Emergency Pod, Game One of the NBA Finals. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.